Hello, everybody. I'm Soren Postos, sitting here next to Ben Rikosh in the library, and this is Paper Thin Thoughts. We, short-sighted, ill-advised, thought-provoking dimwits, speak our truths about trending topics that we experience in our daily lives. And this week, we had the long-awaited NBA roundtable with CHS Athletic Director Mr. Jones, Mr. O'Grady, who we had on for episode two, and producer Dave, who you all know. And this was a ton of fun. Uh, you know, I forgot to mention some things that I wanted to talk about, but it is what it is. We'll have to have them on again. But, you know, I, I couldn't be happier with how much fun I had and how this turned out. So I really hope you enjoy. As, I, as always, please rate, review, and uh, yeah, we really appreciate it because this episode has been months in the making. So without further ado, here's our NBA roundtable with Mr. Jones, Mr. O'Grady, Producer Dave, myself, and so on. I was just playing chess. Well. All right, everybody. We are thrilled today to welcome in Producer Dave, Mr. O'Grady, who is on episode two. Hey. Uh, and the new athletic director of CHS Sports, Mr. Jones. Thank you all, gentlemen, for taking the time to uh, chat with us today. We've really been looking forward to this for a long time. Glad to be here. Yeah, pleasure, man. A pleasure to be back. Uh, Mr. Jones, I know y- that you coach, play, and administrate a lot of basketball, but how many hoops do you watch? I know that you just said off air that you like college more, but uh, do you watch a lot of hoops? Yeah, this is going to this is gonna hurt some feelings in the room, but I'm, I'm a diehard uh, Tar Heel fan. Uh, so, uh, so I watch a, almost every game if I'm not – if it's not live, I'm I'm watching it when I get home. All right, uh, but lots of lots of hoops, less NBA, but definitely a lot of college. Yeah, I'm big on college too. Uh, I guess we'll get right into it. I wanted to touch on three really major topics that I found in a Kirk Goldsberry of ESPN article last week, uh, and those three topics are how superstars are shining brighter than ever this NBA season. The global the globalization of the MVP race is complete. You know with with Luka and with Jokic, with Giannis, all those guys. That hurt my feelings a lot. <laughs> I, this was Jokic noticeably absent there, Ben. I got to be and honest. And with Giannis and with Luka, but not He's with – He's not in my top three right now. Joel Embiid. He's not my in my favorite, top three. And let me – I don't know if my children are listening or my wife. Probably not. Um, are they in that 800 subscriber? I hope not. Um, I, I, I don't know if you can look it up, right? But, yeah, if you're looking at O'Grady's. Um, anyways, uh, I noticed you didn't say Joel Embiid. That's that's fine. He's not in my top three. We'll get to that. But And then the last point I wanted to touch on is how the NBA's power has fully shifted to the East for the first time since the 90s. So which of those topics do you want to get in first? I mean, you're lead, you you're leading the. You're, this is your podcast, man. Where do you want to start? I guess we'll start as uh, as you discussed with the globalization. So we, we got to talk about Grady's feelings here. I yeah, we, we have we have uh, Embiid here. I, that's perfectly fine. Notably and actually, omitted before from the uh, yeah. List. Speaking of notables, so I'm running. You know, I'm going on my run two nights ago, like I told you guys, and I'm listening to you guys, you three, draft your dream podcast guests. Okay, thank you. Now, not a compliment. Not a compliment for any of you. Number one, <laughs> you all had the audacity to question 
March 2nd, 1962, when Wilt Chamberlain scored 100 points, you said, oh, well, some people think it might not have happened. I, I was just putting it out there. How dare you all? It I absolutely not, I, happened. I, didn't I just put it out there. I didn't question it. First of all, as, you know, the guy who, um, you know, as the biggest Sixers fan and the only Sixers fan here, that absolutely happened, even though he was <clears throat> playing for the Philadelphia Warriors. Secondly, all three of you want to have... Barack Obama on your podcast. This is true. Yeah. And none of you thought to ask him the only question I care about him answering. Which is? And since we're talking basketball, it's did Jordan push off against Russell of the Jazz in game six of the 1998 finals? The last he, shot, he did he push did. off? Uh, absolutely not. Not a push off. You don't think so? Absolutely. Just got him leaning and just. That's the Carolina defense. And a little bit. <laughs> You get them. I'm just saying that's that's the goal in basketball. You get your man leaning, and then you take them back the other way. Do you put your hand out? Yes. No I, full extension. I think, I no think full there extension. Was, there was some push off, but it wasn't enough to call it like a full foul. But also, like it's too big of a shot to call it. Like yeah. if if you're the ref, you can't ruin history. Like no that. no ref is calling that call. Yeah. Not on Michael Jordan, especially. Yeah, no way. Yeah, I mean. I think I understand the point you're trying to make here, O'Grady, but, I mean, let's be honest. Like, there's a certain status of a player that's not getting that call ever called on them, especially in that situation. And Michael Jordan is the, like, he is the – his picture's next to, like, this is what a no-call looks like when this guy's playing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here's the thing. And I say this, is, you know, uh, my classes every year. Did he push off? Absolutely he pushed off. Do I care? No, I don't Absolutely care. Not. No, he's exactly. don't call it. Doesn't matter. But I need to hear the former president of the United States – and someone, since I just watched that Jordan doc a little bit last night, a former Chicago resident, I believe he was once uh, credited as, I need to hear his answer. That's oh, the only answer I care never, about. He's right? never going to agree with you on that. You're going to have to take that L. Man. I need to hear it. Sorry. <laughs> All right, so make your case for Embiid's MVP. So his credentials are, are this. Number one, he should have won it last year. Doesn't matter last. What I know last it doesn't, year. but these are these are not. You know, it's not in a vacuum voting, right? People are just going to vote, and there's going to be a storyline. There's going to be a narrative. There's going to be all it's types true. of things that we've sort of seen throughout history. So he should have won it last year. Um, and there's going to be a lot of people that don't vote for Jokic this year just because they don't want three MVPs. If we look at the history of the league, there's only been three three-time MVPs. Wilt Chamberlain, who absolutely scored 100 points in yeah, a game, absolutely. regardless of what you guys no, no said. Um, Bill Russell and Larry Bird. That means it hasn't happened since 1986. So Jordan never done it. LeBron never done it. Magic never done it. Um, the Three MVPs, it's going to be hard for some people to get around. They're going to look sure. to poke holes there. Um, there you go to he's scoring just as many points as Luka Doncic. He's a better defensive player than Luka Doncic. He plays a more important position defensively than Jason Tatum. His second best teammate isn't as good as Jason Tatum's second best oh. teammate. Um, wow. wow, that his is His numbers take. are better than Ja Morant's. Luka Doncic's team is currently, as I'm looking, a whopping one game over 500, whereas Embiid is averaging 33 a game. Um, he's looking to become the first center to win back-to-back -back scoring titles since, oh boy, I think Wilt, but I'm not positive, which is okay. a long time. And the Sixers are the two-seed right now, despite hard missing time, max missing time, playing in what we're going to talk about, sort of a really difficult Eastern Conference, 
and has Doc Rivers as his coach, which might not be that good. Yeah. That is actually like that's the best argument you've got in your defense is yeah, that, uh, that, that he's got Doc Rivers mm. coaching his team and he's still on top. Much love to Doc Rivers, but <laughs> so one of my favorite stats is usage usage rate, right? Uh, which is how many times a player was involved in play, either ending in a turnover, a shot, or a free throw attempt. And Joel Embiid currently has the highest usage rate in the NBA at 38%. I think that's a really telling stat uh, at how Doc Rivers has done, as you were saying, but also how his numbers are kind of skewed from the rest of the pack. He's clearly my number five right now. So, so you, you, you're docking him because of his usage, right? I'm Where? docking him because of his usage, because of his coach, first of all, uh, which impacts his usage. But I think that his uh, – I don't think that – he's had a great season. He's had an incredible season. But I think that the four above him have just had that much better of a season. Because as, as we'll touch on later, the NBA has gotten so good that the bar has been set so high. I think that Jokic has had a better season. I think that Tatum has had a better season. I think that Luka has had a better season. I think that Giannis has had a better season. And Take my name off the subscription list. <laughs> <laughs> We're down to seven ninety nine, fellas. Is, is, is this what, right? Look, I mean, I, I, I could be in class right now, right, educating the youth of America. Instead, I'm here, and, and this is what it is. I mean, boy, I feel like I'm about to get beat up here. This is ludicrous. No, I mean, I, I think – I, I hear you on all those. Uh, Luca to me is the flashy pick, right? But he's not—he's not better than I don't think he's—I don't think he has better numbers than Embiid, in my mind, right? When I look at well, it, it depends on what number you it look depends at. Depends on what numbers we're looking at, but wins. But but I think the wins Fair. go wins Fair. are big, and then I do think usage. Like I mean, I think that's a big thing. Like Doc Rivers is. Luca's we could say he's a bad coach, Luca's but he's also number but, two. But he's usage. not a dummy. He's a professional coach, right? right. And he's running. Most of his offense, mo- most of everything, through him. Yep. Right. That that says a lot. And, and the defense. And, and the defense. And the defense. Is running through him as well. Yeah. He, he's, he's the, the centerpiece, centerpiece at both ends of the court. Like you, for the for the number two team in the East. Like you have to you have to think about that. Yep. You have to give him. I, I agree. You have to give him that. The, they're the number two team in the East. And Doc Rivers has done a good job this year of realizing that they were wrong last year in trying to go kind of two man with Harden and Embiid making it Embiid's team and Harden a clear number two. But I think that, again, nothing wrong with Embiid. Nothing wrong. I just think that those four players are that much better. Yeah, I mean, I, I, but I, to me, I, I think if we – it's going to be hard for, for Jokic to win because, as Mr. O'Grady pointed out, right, he's not going to get some votes because some people are going to say, oh, he's already won it two years. We're not going to give it a third year. I think but you might be om- surprised. He's almost average, averaging – he's – you know, a triple double right now. I think right. you might be surprised for in the West, number one team in the West, number one team. I, I think they're number one team in the NBA, best record in the NBA right now. They are second yeah, half right game behind uh, the Celtics. <coughs> taking a look that, at that. Must, oh, sorry, that must have changed as of yesterday. Yeah, that might. So, but they're up there, right? And like they yeah, are. They are. I mean, to and me, to me, he's he's the clear favorite for Jokic. Is your clear favorite? He's, so. he's my clear favorite. Interesting. Yeah, there you I, go. Agree. I agree. Uh, Dave, you want to make the case for Tatum? Yeah, I mean, if we're going to go back to looking at last year as well, plus also looking at everything this year, plus looking at total points, I think everybody's already made a really compelling case for Tatum without me even having to spit out all of the stuff. Is this because Ben hates Joel Embiid? 
I don't hate Joel Embiid. No, no, no. You absolutely hate you. Joel Embiid. That's how Sixers fans work. Like, All right. If I, I, you're I, not saying everything wonderful, you hate us. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's hear less about Joel Embiid. Let's let's it, go back and to in Taylor. fairness, Joel Embiid was my pick for the for the MVP last year. I don't think it should have been Jokic last year, and 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 I think it's leaving Jokic in a tr- in a position right now where it's like he's playing better than he did last year, and it's leaving him in a precarious situation. But I mean, quite frankly, if you're just looking at Tatum, he's the best player in by far the best team in the league. He just posted up his fifth 50-point game of his career, which sets him above, uh, like, under no one else in Boston Celtics history. No other Celtic has 50-point games. Which is impressive. Larry Bird is next at four. And all that that Jason Tatum is doing is showing that he is the best player in the league today. I think he is – when you take a look at the way he's elevated as a defensive player, when you've got a, a defensive system like the Celtics that you're playing in and you've got a defensive player of the year, the Marcus Smart as a teammate, I'm watching his game on the defensive end elevating that he's becoming the best two-way player in basketball. He is an absolute unstoppable bucket when he wants it. And, like, he also hits those shots in the clutch. And if we're going to go back to last year and consider last year's, he brought his team to game six of the NBA Finals against the dynasty. Uh-huh. So there's my, there's, my, there's my case for Jason Tatum. Are we what? sure that you didn't just describe Ben Simmons? I'm oh. absolutely. <laughs> I'm walking away. Are we here's, here's, my, here's my knock on on Tatum, right? Yes, he's he's doing all those things. He's and he a is, dookie. I understand. He's born, that's that's the big one. That is a big one. But but he's also shooting 46 percent from the field, right? Where if you look at some of these other guys, well, when you look at my guy. Jokic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's shooting sixty-three percent from the field. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a that's pretty pr- good. Yeah, yep. that's pretty good numbers. for a man who doesn't stretch much beyond like five feet from the rim. Not yeah. to say like he's got range; he'll stretch it out. I'm not saying he won't he yeah. won't stretch out, but the number of three point shots that Tatum is putting up versus Jokic is not even on the same. It's not even on the same conversation. No, no, absolutely, absolutely. But there's a there's a difference. Like if we look at let's see, uh, so. Even even like Kevin Durant shooting fifty six percent from yeah. from from the field, right? Yeah, like, it's so good. I think he's. I mean that that just goes to show how good the NBA is this year. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think that Tatum was my clear number one for a couple months, and then, if I'm not mistaken, he had an injury, and Yo- that's when Jokic left him. Jokic and Giannis both went over Tatum at that point. I was kind of skeptical of Luka with his, you know, everybody put him up there after his 60-20-20 game. I was kind of skeptical of that, but Tatum has been my clear favorite. He wins the eye test every game. He wins all of the basic metrics, like points per game. He does not win the advanced metrics. Uh, that's not a knock on him. I just think, as I was saying, the NBA is so good this year. Yeah. All, five, yeah. all five of these candidates have a serious, serious case to win it. Uh, and who's I your, think who's who's your who's your sleeper MVP? Who's the person you're looking at being like, we're only halfway through the season. Like, who's the player that you're interested in being like? For me, it's Shea Gilgis Alexander. Like, uh, uh, honest to God, if he keeps performing the way that he's performing, and if o- if OKC becomes a playoff team that becomes someone that no one wants to see in the first round of the playoffs, like Shea Gilgis Alexander, he may not be like my front running pick yeah. on on that, but like he's a sleeper for me. That's just like I'm paying attention to what he's doing. I think, I think that it's nearly impossible for either for anyone to jump these three these five yeah. plus Durant 
Uh, and then whoever else you want to throw in there. I like that, though. I mean, if you're talking about your MVP ballot, technically they put down five names. Like, SGA could absolutely be on there. He should be on some. I watched, yeah, I watched, you know, they beat the Sixers uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it was sort of one of those things of like, oh, I didn't know he had that shot. Oh, I didn't know he was that quick, and oh, I didn't know he could get to the rim like that. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so he's the truth. Um, Let's see what happens next season season as well when they start getting their guys. When they get Chet back, when they get a lottery pick. Yeah. They should be pretty good. Good for my, them. Mine is, my. I'm gonna pick two here. Mine is Steph Curry, okay, who you can never count out. Sure. Or Jalen Brunson. I like the Brunson pick. If I the, did love some Jalen Brunson. If if Brunson and the Knicks make a top three or four seed, then I think it's hard not to at least consider him for top five. Even even how good all of sure. these players have been. Sure. I mean, he turned their team around. Their yeah. team was not good. Uh, that's my pick. What? The Knicks? Not good? <laughs> but they've always been. Oh, no. Wait, no. They're always terrible. They're always, always terrible. So, so I've got a weird one, but I, 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 like we don't ever talk about the Kings, right? When's the last time we oh, talked about the Sacramento right. Kings? Like, talk to me. Like Sabonis is, talk to me. is doing some pretty – I mean, he's leading the NBA in rebounding, right? Yeah. His efficiency is, is pretty impressive, right? And we're actually talking about the Kings. I, I mean, mm-hmm. they're going to make the playoffs. And like. They're like the three or four seed right now. Yeah, in yeah, my NBA well, I'm predictions, saying make the playoffs because I'm waiting, yeah. waiting for the Kings to just self-destruct like they typically do. But, but they won't because their coach has been really. They've had the best offense in the NBA this year after having top five worse. Uh, they they've had two solidified superstars in Fox and Sabonis, and they've had some Man. really good core guys. I in my NBA predictions, I had I thought right that I do at the beginning of the year, yeah. I had the Kings like as the eight seed. I was like, God, I am going out on a limb. Look at this <laughs> no, gutsy no, I big was man. The limb like, you nobody, on the Kings nobody consensus loves too. the Kings more than me. I've watched like three Kings games this year, right? And come on, yeah, man, talk to me with the Kings. But Vegas, I mean, you know. Vegas set their over under this. Like before the season at thirty four and a half, I thought that was over, ridiculous. Bro. Over, yeah, yeah loved it. So I mean, like you know, if the Kings kind of all of a sudden like really put it together, Talk right, to and and move into that one or two spot, they're already at their three right now in the West. Yeah, this uh, feels like a good time when we transition to that like power between the East and the West, though. Yeah, like yeah. being a top three team in the West, being a star on the Kings right now, it does not care. Yeah. Right now, I mean, what what is Milwaukee? They're the number three team in the East. Mm-hmm. Are we going to try and make a comparison between Milwaukee and no, and, and absolutely not. No, 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 we're not. Milwaukee's still missing one of their best players on the team. You know what I mean? Like we haven't gotten Middleton back yet for Milwaukee. That's scary. So like this feels like a good time to like talk about Bef- that transition. Bef- before we switch, I want to say something about Grady. So I tweeted out. Is it going to be that he hates Joel Embiid again? No, no, no. Quite <laughs> the o- be that he quite the opposite. The point game again. Before the hundred one game. Before the right. season, uh-huh. I tweeted out my predictions for all of the picks okay. for MVP. I picked right. Embiid. So that. what you're saying is that you can you can see this tweet. You've only it's recently date. started to hate Joel Embiid. No. <laughs> <laughs> right? Is it? Did he do something to you? I mean, I mean, he last year, the uh-huh. first time that Jokic won, he was my vote. Jokic. Yeah. No. Okay. Embiid was my vote the first year that Jokic won. Okay. Last year, Jokic, what Jokic was my vote. This year, my preseason pick was Embiid because I thought that he might have that vengeance in him. Which he does. Which he does, but so do all four of the other players. I just want to keep saying that all of these players are so good, it's so hard to make a pick. 
the league's in such a good place. Are I mean, like, we that, really sure that this day, is a family <laughs> podcast with this hate speech that Ben is spewing right now? <laughs> I, I would like to go. I, one, I actually want to, before we move on, I want to make a quick uh, point about Jason Tatum. Please. Um, hypothetically, if you could trade him right now for Markel Fultz, would you do it? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> wow. uh, no, I wouldn't. Even though, even though Orlando is the only <laughs> team that seems to have the cheat code on the Boston Celtics, but no, yeah, I would not. he's been on the other night too, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Markel Fultz had a good game the other day. If they and if ten and efficient numbers, but I'm so happy for him. I'm, I'm, I'm not, so happy for Markel Fultz. I'm not um, stressed, and, and for, I'm not stressed about the, the like. We, you know, we just Celtics just lost as of the recording. Just lost two straight games, one Orlando and one to uh, Miami, where they didn't play anybody. But like. You know, Twitter, Boston Twitter, just kind of like was losing their mind after losing to Orlando because they like they're the like they may be the only team that's going to lose the season series to the Celtics. And I'm like, why are we losing our minds to this? And then I just thought, like, if Orlando sneaks in as the eighth seed of the playoffs and we're facing <laughs> off of them in the first round, <laughs> wait, wait, then wait, you're wait, gonna wait, like wait, I, then I, we I, can I, do another I, podcast. I don't think that's gonna happen. You can I, come I, back I, and check I, my I, temperature because I may not be as cool at. I, I, I think you're all right. I think you're all right. <laughs> <laughs> one more, one more thing before we move on. I want to touch on Giannis. Because Giannis has been like at the top of his game for what, like five, six, five seven years, years now. now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that it's underappreciated how good Giannis has been. And I mean, look at his numbers. Any other year, he would be top one, top two in MVP. So here's what I really like. and you know, as we were coming on, my four-year-old, his favorite player is Giannis. His favorite yep. team is the Deer. Yep. He is currently, for the third day in a row, wearing his purple Giannis Antetokounmpo jersey Love to it. school. Great jersey, by the way. I am a, just failing as parents, which is fine. So I've actually watched a lot of Giannis this year, and what's the best thing about him is – and I do think, look, if it's a playoff series, I'm taking Giannis. If it's one game, I'm taking Giannis. Yep. Um, we've seen it before. We've done it before. Um, you know, he's had the game of games, right, with the 50-point clincher a few years ago yep. in the finals against – Phoenix, where he made all those free throws, he's getting to the line more than anything. And I want to say it's something like 13 or 14 times a game. That's something yeah. I want to touch right? on later, and, too. And, 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 you know, he's only making only only making 10 of them, which is insanity, by the way. I feel like there hasn't been anyone get to the line that much. Probably, I think it's Wilt. I don't know the exact one, but we were talking about this the other day. And it's because their team isn't as good this year. Um, Drew Holiday hasn't been as good. Middleton's been injured. They're sort of fitting in some different pieces. Brooke Lopez has been really good yes. for them. But if Brooke Lopez is your second best player, it's not great. Okay. And he just is They're doing so much. And he already did so much. So just, you know, with him, with the ball and the creativity, and sometimes he just decides. I'm getting to the basket. There's nothing they're, you can do. Three games behind in the best yeah, record. Yeah, I think you and I are about so to say they're the having, same thing. They're having, they're having they're a good season. I know. They're having a really good year. I know. Without their two best players for most of the season. So I think that just credits more to what Giannis you're, has done. You're just mad that that he tried to shoot free throws at the end of the 76ers game. If that was the Giannis. only reason I was mad I, at Giannis, I'm mad because, you know, somehow I'm no longer my four-year-old's hero. It's yeah, now yeah. Giannis Antetokounmpo, right, who does not pay his daycare bill. So, yeah. Giannis, if you're in the 800 uh, subscribers, just know. A couple <laughs> yeah. of dollars would be helpful. No, I mean, uh, the thing with Giannis for me, and this is – this is one thing that I always like to look at. Like, forget forget the numbers. Forget just watching. Right? He makes he makes NBA players look unathletic. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. He, yeah. He like he is at times a, a man among boys in the NBA. Right. When he gets his when he gets ahead of steam going to the basket, like the, it's a wrap. Like yeah. you're, yep. you're either going you're either going to have to you're ta- fouling him. You're going to tack- the line you're gonna have to tackle him, or you're going to get right. dunked on. Yeah. Right? And uh, that like to me like fit numbers forget like. Just watching, you're like, oh, man, that dude right there. It's almost like if an alien came down and they just said, you know, hey, just who's the best guy? They'd point to him in about five seconds. Yeah, Yeah. and and like for me, I think you're going back to talking about the fouls and like how does he get to the line so often. I mean, for me, I feel like we haven't really seen a player that has confounded NBA referees since the way Shaq did. Like referees in the 2000s didn't know how to call Shaq because he was just that different exactly. of an athletic specimen yeah. that we literally hit that with Giannis. I think that was most apparent even in this last playoffs. It was just like he was just doing whatever he wanted and they were calling fouls because they didn't know what else to do because yeah. chances are the NBA players didn't know what else to do. <laughs> like I've got to try and stop this guy somehow, which is either going to mean I'm going to get run over by a train mm-hmm. and either the foul is going to be on him or it's going to be on me yeah. and chances are in the playoffs it's probably not going to be on him yeah. they, look man i there's no way that i personally would have been able to watch my team play Giannis <laughs> seven times in a row that seems like a nightmare that you, if you even make so it to seven crazy between the celtics and the bucks last year seems i mean like a nightmare. The, the eastern conference finals to get to get like to the I mean, it was just so. No, that that was even just the second round too. Like the 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 final, the Eastern Conference Finals, we had to play the Heat, which Jimmy Butler, like again, playing Jimmy Butler in the playoffs is another nightmare that I have on on a regular basis. But like, for like for real, like that 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 when we won that Buck series in seven games, that felt like winning the championship. It was just like, oh sure. my god, like I couldn't believe we got past. We, we it. did it. Yeah, for real. It's like now, now you got to go play Jimmy Butler to even get to the the Warriors. It was crazy. Hey, hypothetically, would you rather pay Jimmy Butler for five years, or would you rather pay Tobias Harris the maximum contract for five years? Uh, I hate sports. Uh, I hate sports more than Ben hates so Joel Embiid. That's the point of today. Sounds like you're just cheering for the wrong team. Yeah. All <laughs> right. I, I I do want to move on, but before we go, I kind of want want to like note a notable omission this is probably the first time in multiple decades that lebron hasn't been top of the mvp list here or even in the conversation and that's also not a knock on him he's had a really good season as i'm about to point out but i just think that it's notable to say uh that's that's how good the league is yeah gotta gotta win games lebron no doubt entered preseason training camp took a look around his locker and was like I think I'm going to go try and score 35 a game this year. <laughs> like, like, and, he <laughs> and he has. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, I guess that's a good segue into uh, the inflation of the NBA, kind of. Uh, mm-hmm. How there are so many players scoring. Like, LeBron, I pulled up this stat, has been averaging 35.1 points per game <laughs> so since points. he turned 38 on December 30th, <laughs> which is 10 games. <laughs> I'm 35. I feel like sometimes if I like work out too much, my ankles hurt when I get out of bed. We've had, we've had. I was out of breath coming up here. (laughs) (laughs) We've had 35 a game, 20 50 point games this year. We had a 70 point game. Like a 50 point game is normal now. Mm -hmm. Just think it's crazy. It is insane. So I actually have something on this. This is one of my two tabs open on my uh, computer here. Uh, as of right now, there are six guys averaging more than 30 mm-hmm. a game. Yep. Uh, Luca, 
Ben's least favorite player, Joel Embiid, uh, Jason Tatum, Giannis, SGA, and LeBron. So to put that sort of in perspective, um, this is really sort of wild stuff. Uh, last year, there was only one guy to average 30 a game. Um, it's still Ben's least favorite player, Joel Embiid. Um, we've had Carmelo Anthony. We've had Kevin Durant. Both win scoring titles under 30 points a game. And I went way, way back because I thought I had a memory of this. In 1962, any guesses how many guys averaged 30 a game? It's the only thing comparable is how many guys, 1962, how many guys averaged 30 a game? It was Wilt. I can tell you that. Yes. Uh, Russell didn't get up there, did he? No. Russell wasn't that kind of an offensive player. No. Yeah. Um, they did win the championship that year, though. Well, yeah, it's because he was blocking everybody. And <laughs> <laughs> like they also had a really good team. I think that gets that's right, that's forgotten right. sometimes. So, it's five, and that's the most there's ever been. Um, it's Oscar, it's Jerry West, it's Bob Pettit, who's a two-time MVP. Uh, it's Walt Bellamy, who's wow. in the Hall of Fame. And all of those guys averaged between 31 and 30 a game, and then Wilt, of course, averaged 50 a game, with the biggest one coming March 2nd, 1962, where he scored 100 points. I don't know if Alleg- you guys Alleg- know that. Allegedly. Allegedly. I believe this. Scored 100 in game. So he averaged 50. And so year. how many did you say there were this year? Six. There's six, with and there's two more that are Durant chill. and Dame and all these guys sort of knocking on the door. So in yeah. theory, it could go up, which is nuts, yeah. which is crazy. So I have thoughts on this. First off, it's like, I mean, the game of basketball has like completely gone through the evolution. I mean, when they introduced the three-point line, that was an obvious, like, massive change, and it benefited shooters in a big way. But still, basketball, the game didn't evolve in the mid-'80s when they brought in that, that three-point line. Like, even through the 90s, it was still, like, you needed to have a center that was going to go and bang around on the yeah. block. Three-point shots were, like, these heroic, magical moments were not expected all the time. It was a gimmick. Ste- Steph and the Warriors did completely evolve the game where they've changed. Like, basketball's figured out spacing now the way that I feel like international soccer and Premier League, like the way that they use spacing on the field and they look for passing lanes and driving lanes and the whole idea is being able to collapse down defenses so that now I can drive and kick to a three and now I'm I'm hitting a sharpshooter all over the court, one through five, everybody, like you can't play in the NBA one through five if you can't shoot. Like, period, the end. So I think that's why, one of the reasons why you're seeing point totals and, and points per game going up is because of the fact that, like, the game has a fully achieved that evolution into spacing, driving lanes, passing lanes, and kicking to threes. And because of that, you're going to see players like Tatum and Lillard. And, I mean, like, who, like who else? I mean, again, like, go to Durant, too. I mean, the guy's seven foot two, and he's an absolute dead-eye three-point shooter. A guy like Durant would have never been taking threes on the regular 10, 15 years ago in the league. Well, but now it's a it's a staple. It's a must. The game has completely finished their evolution. Even if you guys remember in college, uh, Durant was at Texas for the year, yeah. and he played center <laughs> just because yeah. he was seven foot tall. Like, he right. just he played center, right? Play that, that was just what yeah. Zeta do. Yeah. Well, Coach, you might know this better than anybody else, like, is that trickling down, like into you know even high school, where it's yeah. it's more perimeter oriented? It's more how far can we shoot the ball? Absolutely, right. I mean, you're seeing kids that are, I mean, it's like 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 Dave Stipe talked about is we Curry changed the game, right? Uh-huh. Everybody wants to wants to be able to shoot. I mean, even our guys here, right? Luca Luca, our center for the the high school team, 
right? Seeing some of the shots six, that Aiden's taking. Yeah, I mean, eight, yeah, but I mean, Luca's six nine, and we're like, get your get your tail down low, and he's like, all right, well, let me get these, let me get my my, my threes in first, right? He, <laughs> he legit thinks he's a three point shooter. Sure, and, and sure. Can he knock it down? Yeah, yeah, right. Like that's what they that's what they want to do. It's the fun part of it, right? And mm-hmm. no, yeah, like every kid should be working on skills whether they're tall like there's no longer this thing of hey you're our center just go go work on your post moves like no like you you never know right there's a you know you you see stories like the scotty pippins and Mm -hmm. there's a kid that's uh uh, zayden high in high school he grew eight inches in a year yeah right and now is one of the top high school players right right? you you don't know like so work on your skills and then if you can shoot it you can dribble i don't care if you're seven foot you're you're good right sounds like you're you six guys, two you're uh, also pretty yeah, good yeah ralph six. sampson a little bit ahead of his time right he well, used to get exactly. criticized because he didn't want an elbow in his back for 48 minutes right he wanted yeah, to dribble yeah. the ball he wanted to shoot a little and it was a big criticism yeah yeah, yeah. well i feel like man i hope if there's young basketball players out there i hope you're just listening to coach jones because that is something that i feel like so we can get into a place a lot of times where as a as an athlete as a player you start to like pigeonhole yourself into a role early that's the worst thing you can do because your body's going to grow and change in ways that you can't predict at in your teenage years and so just work on your skills because if you end up growing to seven feet tall and you can shoot the ball you're gonna have a good positive career in basketball i wish you guys were working on your skills no matter what i wish you guys were around when i was younger i pigeonholed myself into this explosive you know (laughs) runner dunker situation (laughs) but then i didn't grow that eight inches or have any type of athleticism and you see the ground uh game that i have today tough man yeah Uh, uh, coach daly our our girls basketball coach uh he was a center for his uh middle school team really he was the center yeah. Right, the guy is now like five eight, right? Yeah. So, but they they put him down on the block, man, and he was because he was five five in middle five six maybe in middle school, right? So he he's got great stories about Running that. Like, they ru- they ruined five, his basketball man. game. They ruined his basketball game because he put him at center at uh, middle school. That's great. Uh, I, one thing that you were saying is like how the three point evolution has been. I I saw something the other day how like the two thousands was was the NBA adjusting to iso ball the 2010s is the nba adjusting to three-pointing to three-point shooting and 2020s looking like it's going to be the nba adjusting to a high usage rate like we were talking about like 40 50 percent use rate for these players and like averaging 30 40 points a game i think that that's the development i'm looking for even more than the shooting though even more than the three-point shooting i think it's about spacing more than anything else they figure like the game of basketball has figured out how to space themselves as opposed like again like let's go back and look at game film from like the 80s and the early 90s it was just like there would be at least five to seven guys down on the block all of them were banging around and then there'd be a guard or two moving around the perimeter a little bit but now the whole game has just spread open, and it's just allowed the the, the fl- for me I, I love it because I feel like the flow of the game just becomes so very fluid. You don't see the ball getting jammed up quite as much, but that spacing is really what's done that done it for the scoring. It's allowing three point shooting, but it's just the way the spacing has created higher percentage shots. Period. And that- I, I agree, the spacing is a big one, but I think also we're seeing this uh, you know the analytics. That that the, that is at the fingertips of all of these yeah. coaches and players, where it's a it's a chess game every night, right? Yeah. Like, how do we get Tatum on a switch against this guy to land right on this spot, right in this spot where we know he scores, you know, seventy percent of the time, right? Correct. Like yeah. those numbers they know, yeah. and they're using them, and they're putting yeah. guys in spots where 
they know they can score. Yeah. And it's yep. fun to watch. It is fun <laughs> to watch. And that's when they talk about matchups and stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, for, for whatever reason, like that's one of the reasons we'll see like a lesser team end up being able to play a, a, a on paper better skilled team because of the way that just certain matchups are just going to end in a way where it's just like we're not able to get our guy to his spot because of the way the matchup is working. Yep. You see that stuff all the time right now. Yep. You want to talk about the Orlando Magic again, don't you? I do want to talk about the Orlando Magic. <laughs> it's confounding to me. <laughs> they are so fun. I've got their theme song. You remember their theme song? I was just like, Orlando Magic. <laughs> I, I'm also like, I feel like this is also they happening have very to Shaq me personally because I was – I was I was very much uh, crapping on Paolo Bencaro through college. Um, I was actually working for the Virginia Tech basketball team last year, all the way through the ACC tourney. And like I watched Bencaro's ACC tourney, like from from the Barclays Center, sitting in the media row, and I, I was thoroughly unimpressed with him. I really? was like, this guy does not. It was. I thought it he had a bad ACC tournament. Stuff. I thought was, he had a good season. It was. It was like, are you? A dog that's gonna go out and get a. You're the guy. Like on that team, Bancaro was the guy. Sure. That was Shishovsky's. Like Bancaro's gonna go down as like I was the guy who lost Shishovsky's last ACC finals. <laughs> like, you've got to be the guy in that moment. And for me, it just looked like a guy who was going through the motions and trying to work on some stuff versus a versus a team that was just like, no, we're here to like. We're here to dismantle a program to go win a, to go win a chip, and I, so I came out of that tournament like very low on Bancaro. I know, and everybody was talking about he's the number one pick, and I was just like, someone's gonna get suckered into that pick because I don't want that guy. And all that's been happening since I've made that statement it's out loud is this year. <laughs> Orlando just continues to cook the Celtics. So it's the easiest pick this year, rookie of the so year. I deserve easiest. it, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Let me go full Bill Simmons here. Mike Shashevsky. Are we sure he's good? Are we sure he's good? Are we sure? Oh, come on. <laughs> uh, what else you got? What, what, what else can we roll on here to? Uh, I was going to say in relation to the spacing like you were talking about, like I stumbled across a clip from a Big Ten football game from 1936 the other day. Love. It, it looked like football. If you, if you even look like, like there was a normal running back, he mm -hmm. ran to the side, he ran out, tackle blocked, blah, blah, blah. If you look at a basketball game, even from 20, 30 years ago, it's a totally different game. Yeah. I think that's what's so impressive about basketball. As someone who was watching a lot of NBA 20 years ago yeah. or so, um, you know, when we routinely had scores in the 70s, yeah. we had scores in the 80s, um, it was tough. But it's really two things with this scoring explosion, right? Threes make a big deal. Um, but also, you know, like Coach said, with all these advanced departments that these teams have, they know, number one, that Luka Doncic needs the ball because their offense is going to be better when he has the ball. Yep. So this scoring explosion, it's almost like a combination of two different eras, right? It's the, the, the space and pace, the threes, the, you know, the Warriors, Miami, when they would do that a little bit, mixed with the Jordan, go one-on-one, -on -one, get your guy, yeah. cook him. Yeah. And then, you know, Kobe does this, T-Mac does this, Iverson yeah, does yeah, this. Yeah. Um, ben probably doesn't like Allen Iverson, but that's neither here nor there. I have there. an Iverson jersey. Wow, you ate that one. You ate that one, O'Grady. <laughs> it could be a Nuggets Iverson jersey. I don't know. It's the, sick, the black the Georgetown. Sixers jersey. The Georgetown. Oh, those are sick. The Georgetown yeah, those are sick. Yeah. The Georgetown ones are sick. Too. Yeah, those yeah. are sick. Those are sick. All right, so I, uh, well, you know, mea culpa, I apologize to Ben. He only hates Joel Embiid, not Allen Iverson. That's on me. That's on me. So it's almost like, you know, we've sort of blended, you know, 
this 90s, 80s, early 2000s style of basketball that was really good with, you know, this current uh-huh. era of basketball. And now we have just these crazy numbers. So do you think we've got slumping defenses, Coach? Do you think we've got slumping defenses? Or is it, or is it just simply like our knowledge of the game has expanded and so – I, no, I don't think it's a defense. I, I mean, I think it's. Uh, I think you guys are, are are nailing it right. Where it's, we're now seeing g- folks that are blending this ISO ball with three point shooting. Right where it's like, yeah, you know, you you've got to help off when Giannis is getting like attacking the basket. Right. Well, what do the Bucks do? They put they put four shooters out there with right. them. Right. I think right. I think what you're both getting at here is that coaching matters more now than any than it ever did. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you know, well, you, well, I think we see it with the Nets, right? For sure. I mean, their you know, coaching switch changed our season. Absolutely. Right, and they're putting their got their their superstars in the right space. I just want to give Steve Lash, Nash a little bit of love, though. So, I mean, uh, I, mean, I, I don't want to blame him. Like I know. I agree. What happened? That's my guy. Their hiring of Ime Udoka went through. Like, I mean, I've got an NBA hot take on that one. This okay. is one I actually oh, had okay. reserved okay. back okay. up, but yeah. Okay. Let's hear it. My, oh, my NBA hot take back when they like when when they were the Nets were considering like can we can we make a trade with the Celtics for Ime Udoka? I wanted I wanted Joe Harris and a second round pick and for you, Ime you were Udoka. Use that second round and pick I on wanted that so that the entire like it would just be a line shift like the but Celtics starting five line shifts out and we just have UVA guards between but, but Brogdon s- but and say Harris. Who, and say who you were going to use that man off our Say who you were going to use that second round pick on? Oh. And the, <laughs> That's right. Who was I, I was gonna take? You were gonna I take, gonna take Beekman. Beekman. I was gonna take Beekman <laughs> on that second round pick. Exactly right. And my entire, my entire, it was just gonna be like a hockey line shift of just like <laughs> subbing out Tatum and Brown and just bringing in an entire UVA bench. Oh, that, we were so close to this coming uh, uh, off the bench. You oh, imagine right. all the shot clock violations. Yeah, you have Hauser, you have Beekman. I would have been Seriously. here for it. You know you so got to shoot in 24 seconds. Yeah, that's just right. shot, like, shot clock violations oof. were gonna be out of control. Boy, oh boy. Right. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Boston turns into like JPJ North, where it's like, oh, man. I'm going to walk away on that one. Nice talking to <laughs> I wonder what the Venn diagram is that's looking for like, you know, JPJ North. <laughs> no one, absolutely like, no one's looking for that. Who's living in that middle? Absolutely uh, no one's looking for that. Yeah. Uh, I want to get to two more topics here before we get out of here. I want to talk about free throw problems, how there are so many free throws shot a game. Two games I want to touch on specifically are the first game, you'll like this, the first game of Harden and Bede. This is so personal. <laughs> Back on February 25th, 2022, uh, Sixers won in Minnesota. But I remember... I was watching. Yeah, I was watching too. I remember that game, and it was painful to watch how many times that team combined went to the free throw line. So I don't know like what there is to solve about it, but I just think that... like. It's clearly a problem that's hurting the game of basketball. I think that really comes down to mindset, right? Like, if you enjoy watching the best basketball player on planet Earth, Joel Embiid, then, you know, it's not a problem. And if you're Ben and you hate Joel Embiid, which we've established, um, then it is a problem. To be perfectly honest, here's the deal. Uh, I love when my team gets to the line. I love watching Joel Embiid and James Harden shoot free throws, Mm -hmm. and it is fantastic. Now, when I'm watching games that I record... It's the worst. I fast-forward the free throws. (laughs) So, definitely, um, having said that, would we prefer for it to go the other way? And all of a sudden, all these points kind of go down. 
down. I don't know. Well, I mean, and also that's when that's when NBA turns back into the '90s NBA again, where like guys are gonna start going down the lane and being like, oh. if a guy's hit too many buckets and he's gonna start driving the lane, he's right. gonna start finding my, some my elbows problem, and forearms. My problem is not as line. much with with the amount of free throws that are shot. My problem was with how the long refing. it takes. You're uh, talking like, about refing. Like refing, like going to the monitor and then taking 10 seconds of free throw. Oh, and right, 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 10 right, seconds right, of free throw. Right, if there are 40, sec- 40 free throws a game for each team, that's 80 free throws. This is a flow of got, game issue. Right. Yeah, I just think that the game has become so slow, kind of. Uh, even though that's you know, my UVA players, fan right I, there, complaining about the game being down. Slow. <laughs> I, I would actually love to see them shorten the. You know, they get ten seconds to shoot a free throw, right? Like, uh, yeah. which, which, which Yon, five? allegedly, which, which, which take all nine seconds, nine point eight seconds exactly. up to get the ball allegedly out of his. Allegedly, ten right? seconds. Like, let's shorten that, right? Like, <laughs> like these guys are the best players in the world, right? Like, yeah. Here, you get the ball, you get five. You get five. Like, get cut five it in seconds. half, right? Like. They've got to do something, right? Like it goes yeah. back to like yeah. Major League Baseball doing the pitch count, right? like, or sorry, the the pitch timer, right? Like yeah, yeah, you got to yeah. speed this thing up. So I think the more that we see games like that, yeah, the, the NBA is going to have to adjust. And basketball is definitely worried about sort of that pace of play thing. I don't know if you guys have noticed this year too, like the continuation stuff yeah, and I've the um the clear path yeah, fouls. Yeah, 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 yeah. It actually really has sped things up. Like yeah. routinely, you can coast through. A first half in, you know, an hour and a half, which has been really, really nice, um, especially yeah. for someone who lets their kids watch the first half and yep. then they have yeah, to go same, to bed, right? Yep. Get that bedtime get that argument. much earlier, right? My kid's 11, not 4. I get arguments now a lot oh. more than I used to when the bedtime hits in the middle of a closed game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of all I wanted to say on that, and then we'll wrap it up with the final season, second half predictions. Kind of wanted to hear everybody's thoughts on who's going to win it all. Because I wanted to point out also one quote from J.J. Redick. I know not a fan favorite, but... Pod- whoa, whoa. We were talking about our own games before we came on, and I described myself as a homeless, 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 homeless man's wannabe J.J. Redick. So I'm tattoos. a big fan. I'm a big fan. Yeah. So he said on his show a couple of weeks ago, parody distorts reality. And I think that, like, in terms of the trade deadline and, mm-hmm. you know, if teams want to go all in or not, and I think that's... A problem that we've seen, not a problem, a great thing that we've seen with the addition of the play-in tournament mm-hmm. and the flattened lottery odds. So I just think that it's really a tough situation here because, you know, all – no team right now is projected to win more than 60 games. But also no team is projected to lose less than 20, I think, is the number. So mm-hmm. I think that, you know, the parity in the NBA is – as is at an all-time high right now, and that's what I think is making this season so great. So I think we should just go around and hear what everybody's picks are. So, Dave, you want to start it off? What's your finals pick? East oh, and West. I mean east, – East and West. East and West. I mean, I've got the Celtics, obviously, in the in the finals. In the West, i got to be honest, like, I think the West – like, I mean, they're, they're, bo- they're both – I feel like they're both, like – coin flips with a lot of teams it's just the east is so much more dominant that it feels like that's harder to pick in the west i i mean i'm gonna go with denver just because again i think Jokic is playing just at such a supreme level and we haven't even seen jamal murray really come back into himself the way he was like if bubble jamal murray shows up in the second half of the season i don't think anybody has a prayer in the west besides denver that's that i'm just lock them up right now um but even in that scenario, too, like, I think the Celtics are winning the whole thing. Like, our, we're just too deep of a team. We have Malcolm Brogdon coming off the bench, which feels like a cheat code. Like, 
you pumping up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, B, A, select art, and Malcolm Brogdon shows on your bench. Like, that's Isn't that how, how that you used to hit a home run with Ken Griffey Jr. That's in that exactly baseball right. game, right? <laughs> yeah. right. With that's the right. circles? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, for, for me, like, I'm just picking the Celtics both as a homer and as like a pure basketball fan of just like, they're too deep. They got to game six of the finals with an injured Tatum and no Rob Williams and no Malcolm Brogdon. And now, like, you've got a healthy Tatum who's on an MVP run, and you've got Balcom Brogdon coming off the bench, and you got Rob Williams who's, like, in full superhero mode again. He's only going to get better. Rob Williams is only going to get better in the second half of the season. And, though, like, there's no, there's no way I'm, I'm not picking the Celtics to win the whole thing. It only, like – and I think this is going to be the first of many for Tatum and Brown. First of many? That's a – I think those two guys are going to be locked up as Celtics for their careers, Tatum for sure, and I think they have not just one but two or three championships in them. Sounds like a good good front office. Has Brown signed his extension yet? I'd have to double check. I know that I, I think so. I know that we've got Tatum and Smart locked up for a long term. I think we got Brown locked up long term too. I think trades were the only thing when a bunch of Twitter fools were out there talking about breaking up the Jays like a bunch of idiots. But like for real, like with with, with that core group with that core group on our team, when I, whenever Al Horford hangs it up and then Malcolm Brogdon becomes like your starter. Again, we're only going to get better moving forward. Tatum yeah. is only 24 years old. The average age of this team is 25. Like, they're a young basketball Like, a team. lot of people thought they were going to fall off after the Emeo Doka, Joe Missoula thing. They've only gotten better. They've only gotten better. And Joe Missoula was a coach in that franchise the whole time, even prior to Udoka. Missoula was there with, with uh, uh, Brad Stevens on, on the bench. Like, when the guys were interviewed about it, like, every – and rightfully so, like all reports about what happened with Yudoka was like a terrible, toxic situation. But when that move happened, the players are just like, "Okay, we're fine." <laughs> like, which was surprising. We're to me. fine. Right. So, oh, that's where I am. This is making me sad. Sorry, bro. <laughs> He's got his Celtic. You guys can't see us. He's got his Celtics sweatshirt on. He wore his. Oh, it even says Tatum on the back, right? He's got his. Uh, he's got his Jordan One lows with the Celtics. I ready, man. Colors. I'm looking at this. You know, Celtic Jordan looking keychain up there. Ready. This is making me really sad. Oh, Grady, your picks. Please don't say a team that starts with a P and ends in Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the 76ers are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my pick for what? Finals. What, what do you got? My pick for the finals is I'm going to watch. I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm going to be drinking a lot of water during it. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, Celtics Nuggets. Celtics Nuggets. Celtics, Celtics Nuggets. Nuggets. You got a prediction? Celtics in seven? Sure. All right. Wow. And then I cry. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to – I'm gonna I'm gonna say Nuggets as well. Uh, I think that they they're gonna they're gonna run the West, uh, but I'm gonna duck if anybody throws anything at me. Mm. I, I'm gonna go Bucks. I That's think the Bucks a good get, pick. When the Reasonable. Bucks get healthy and um, they keep doing their thing. They're tough. They're tough to. Do beat. you have any idea how upset I'm going to be when my four year old is running around saying we <laughs> won the championship? We won the championship. I'm gonna be so bitter. We'll if have I have to buy a Bucks championship <laughs> T-shirt will, for my toddlers, what, if they win, I will buy one for your toddler. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll get him the hat. So they have to the receive whole that. And if the Sixers win, I will be buying everybody ice cream that is listening to this podcast. Um, ice cream is on me. Um, <laughs> my finances were covered the last time I was on here. Um, luckily, I don't think I have anything to worry about. There we go. All right.
Um, my picks. Uh, Bucks or Celtics? Celtics. I'm going to stick with the finals rematch. Celtics, Warriors. I like it. Uh, I think that Steph is just that good. Draymond's that good. Clay's good. They haven't had a great season, but they've had a good enough season. They didn't have a great season last year either. And, yeah, and when it, when it gets to playoff time, they'll turn it on. I think Celtics in seven this year. Uh, Tatum, MVP, he's going to score. He's going to score a 30-point triple-double in the final game. You're going to have to check on Dave on that during I that do, series. I do want it known, too. I don't exactly have, like, a really great track record of having, like, a good emotional history when it comes to watching my Boston sports franchises because in my early life it came with a lot of burns and a lot of pain. And so – and then we went on a huge winning streak, and I still had to, like, look at my wife the morning of game six against the Warriors. We were just sitting there both brushing our teeth next to each other, just staring in the mirror, and I just stopped brushing with a mouthful of toothpaste, and I looked at her, and I was like – Hey, I just want you to know now, at this point in my day, <laughs> I'm fully expecting Steph Curry to have one of those career-defining games <laughs> and win in game six. So that way, later tonight when we do lose, and I, you look at me and say, are you okay? And I say, I'm fine. I need you to know I'm fine. Because <laughs> yeah. I expected to lose this game. Mm -hmm. And then, sure enough, Steph had a career-defining game in one game. Sure. Six. I so was I was fine. I, I'm sure you fine. were. Look, man, um, how many uh, – Championships the Patriots no, 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 win no. in the last twenty some years. No doubt, Celtics. I, I'm the I'm Red Sox. Celtics have had one. Bruins. Yeah, one. Yeah, man, you got champagne problems, right? You're not gonna get no, any sympathy no, no. because, oh my goodness, no. my team didn't play well. No, you're not. You no. get no sympathy from me. I've man. got another buddy who lives me. down in Virginia with me now too, and he's from Boston, like I am. And 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 we were kind of going off about just like he 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 him and his family went down to Charlotte to go see Tatum score 51 on MLK Day, and so we were just talking about that, and I was like, we are so damn spoiled. Like, what? How in the world do I get to watch Jason Tatum be a Celtic and like watch this Celtics franchise with Jalen Brown? Like, I'm way too spoiled i was very happy being done for a while like we need to give some other cities some 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 love but I can we wrap this up can we wrap this up can we wrap this up how did this happen how did this happen i gotta go teach bro i gotta go teach man how did this happen okay i got a question for this on your uh preseason picks you remember who who you picked for the finals yes and i'll tell you mine first if you want bucks that's a good pick mine mine's worse Clippers. That's not a good pick. <laughs> they said Kawhi was gonna be healthy. He's like the boogeyman. They've to looked still, good man. since Dude's he came like the back. Night They've looked me. really good. I mean, he's come back and become his own self. But my pick for Finals MVP at the beginning of the year was Kevin Durant. That's still, that's still, take that's take without what you will. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not out of the that's question. Not, that's still there. Yeah, that's. Uh, it's I don't a long second half of yeah. the season. Better than the Clippers. Yeah, so. the better pick than the Clippers. <laughs> <laughs> I'd put them equal right now. You guys were the one that wanted me on, right? I mean. I'd put them. Oh, we're glad. <laughs> I, I'd put them equal. All right. Well, I I guess that's all I got for you gentlemen. You have anything else you want to add? Say to the world. Yeah. Um. I want the world to know just one last time that Ben obviously hates Joel Embiid, and True. until I see this Allen Iverson jersey, and apparently um, Will Chamberlain, and Will Chamberlain, <laughs> right. Yep. Right. Um, if uh, you know any of those 800 listeners are uh, Dr. Gurley or Mr. Pitt, if you could, I could use a couple more dollars for my bank account. <laughs> if we have it in the budget, your boy needs a raise. For that, I gotta uh, buy some. For, you know, for that Bucks championship merch. <laughs> Bucks championship <laughs> merch. <laughs> no, I appreciate you guys having having me on, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, Mr. Jones. Quick question for you before you go. Now, as the uh, head athletic director. What are the chances we see a Black Knight mascot on the sidelines? Oh, I would love to see that. Ooh, I would love to see that. So, yeah. I, don't, I uh, want nothing any of more those, than that. Any of those uh, 800 subscribers that are interested in filling that role and 
wanting to do that, yes, let's get let come see me. Let's make that happen. Do we have a mascot outfit? Uh, we we used to. We have uh, some plastic armor. Some plastic armor, but I think we could we could come up with something. We would we would need to redo that. Happen. I look yeah. forward to seeing that. That would be amazing. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Later, world. All right, Soren, I got a question for you. What time is it? It is 9.21. Incorrect. It's highlights time. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that cannot slide. <laughs> Soren, what did you think of that NBA discussion we just had? We? I played chess the whole time. I just sat there. Well, I mean, it's pretty fun to listen to. I, I went up, like, uh, I'd say, like, 200 MMR or ELO in chess.com one-minute matches, so... I think like the conversation boosted my intelligence a little bit. Which what let me what was your main takeaway from the NBA talk? My main takeaway is that Ben hates Joel Embiid, and that Mr. O'Grady is super defensive. That's true. It's true. All right, we'll get to tweet of the week here. How does that sound? Sounds perfecto. All right, I have a tweet here from one of my favorite content creators, MKBHD Marquez Brownlee. Fun fact about him: he is also a professional ultimate frisbee player Ooh. sounds really cool i love ultimate frisbee but he makes videos and podcasts and does things uh relating to tech like phones and computers and stuff mm-hmm. so i watched some of his stuff but the other day he set out um every once in a while go back and look at your old work cringe for a bit then keep going you're getting better confirmed and i think that uh that really reflects kind of what I've been feeling about papers and thoughts recently, I've kind of. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like that sounds like me when I go back and listen to our summer recap. Yep, yep. I've kind of been going back to listen to old episodes, refreshing my mind, things like that. And I've just noticed how much we've gotten better as interviewers and podcasters, and even myself as an editor. So I think that that's really cool to see. Uh, hopefully, you've been seeing the same thing, Soren, and all the listeners as well the show uh i also want to shout out another thank you to all the listeners we uh you know kind of checked the numbers yesterday and we just want to appreciate all the support we've been getting and it doesn't go unnoticed thank you so much and we really appreciate that you're along for this fun ride with us and if you subscribe today we are going to give everyone that's listening to this a free iphone so (laughs) definitely listen because we will definitely do that we will for sure do that Mm-hmm. I'm not even being sarcastic. All right. Soren? I've got a quote of the day today, Ben. Over my break this weekend, I went to Florida. Which we will touch on later. Oh, oh, we will? Perfect. Okay, cool. But I had food there, and I have a food quote that you have to guess today. All right. The quote is either master food critic and what are they called? What are they called when they go around and just eat food and rate it? Critic? Critic, but like also like a food blogger. Okay. Guy Fieri. You know who that is? Awesome guy. Super awesome like dude. Top, top 10 guys ever. Or the infamous Gordon Ramsay. Also really top awesome guy ever. Gordon Ramsay is, ma- is mostly known for his extreme extremes on his show. Uh-huh. And his clever words. Yep. Mixed with a handful of cuss words. Sure. 
And Guy Fieri is known for his energy and his hair. Yes. Should I read the quote, Ben? Read the quote, tell us why you picked the quote, and then I'll pick who said it. The quote is as follows. I could put this on a flip-flop and it would taste good. Oh, I think I've heard Guy Fieri say this before. Really? I think I have in, in some uh, shows. By the way, I'm still seeking my first win in Guess Who Said It of 2023. And I think we said last week that if I lose another three in a row, then we're canceling this segment. So I really hope I get this right. Ben, are you sure? Because I, I really don't want to cancel this segment. No, I really want to keep this segment. So, Gordon Ramsay? No, I'm sticking with Guy Fieri. Ben? Soren? I'm going to give you the final option to switch. Literally, the final option. Let's stick with it. Ben, you're right. Segment Huge is staying. surprise. Segment, Segment is, is staying. staying. This will be a win. Soren, I think we should play some celebration music right now. Play the music. That's enough. <laughs> Perfect. Um. Yeah, I picked that quote because I ate a lot of food this weekend. I ate $155 worth of food. I marked down every cent. All right, well, th- I think this uh, leads me to my next point for you, which is one of our favorite topics to talk about on this show, which is food. Mm-hmm. Soren, what is the best thing you ate on your trip to Orlando? Okay, so this is going to sound really hard to imagine, but I found a chicken place that replicates canes, but is better. Whoa. Yep. What's it called? It's called Huey Magoo's. Ooh. Very that, odd That's name. a promising name, though. Very promising. It's it's literally the same thing. They, it comes with coleslaw, fries, chicken, and toast. But the fries are seasoned. Ooh. The sauce is a bit better. And the chicken is way more tender. And the, bre- the bread is, the the bread is okay, but, I mean, it doesn't amount to Cane's bread, but everything else outweighs it. Do you, know if, do you know machine. if this is like a chain or you just found a one-off spot? I found a one-off spot. Let me look it up because it very well could be. Huey Magoo's. Soren is actively looking this up for everybody listening. Huey Magoo's. If you have had Huey Magoo's before, please let us know. That would be really, really cool. It's a chain. It's a chain. Because I just looked it up and there's one in Tennessee. There's one in Tennessee. And I had it in Florida. So, so it sounds like we need to make a field trip to Tennessee. I would definitely do that. It's so good I had to eat it twice oh. on two different days out of four. All right, so you just got like a classic chicken tenders, fries, and a so drink. So the, fir- the first time I got grilled chicken, which was really good. I wanted to be healthy before the game. The second time, we just had our game. It was the last day. We had no games the next day, so I went all out with a five-piece. Nice. Breaded with the, the crispiness. The tenderness, three extra sauces on the side, so I can get full dips. I'm a big sauce guy. Yeah, I'd rate it over. So Cane's, I'd say, is a a 9.5. Huey Magoo's, 9.8, for sure. Wow. Yeah. Where does Chick-fil-A fall on that scale? Chick-fil-A falls at a 7. Where does uh, Popeye's fall on that scale? Probably like a 5. Where does Zaxby's fall on that scale? An 8. Where does... KFC fall on that scale. Two. Did I miss any? Um, I didn't miss any. All right. I don't think so. Thank you for telling us your favorite thing you ate this week. Yeah. Let's continue that segment. It's awesome. 
Yeah, I actually like that segment, man. All right, Soren, get out your timer. It's time for Ben's Brief Broadcast, our oh, new favorite Jesus. segment of this show. Our new? Okay. We're going to keep it under a minute. a minute this time. We have okay. four games to talk about. Three, two, one, go. Okay, so the Chiefs beat the uh, Jaguars 27-20, to 20, and I really don't know who to pick for the next round. I'll hobble Patrick Mahomes if he is hobbled or Joe Cool Burrow. Uh, the Giants lost to the Eels in a complete blowout in every sense of the word from the very first snap. As I said, the Eagles are great at everything, but not amazing at anything. For the Bengals and the Bills, the Bengals beat the Bills, and I can honestly say that this game shocked me. Joe Burrow is, yes, still him, and it was great, great, great to see DeMar Hamlin back in the stadium. Over halfway there. Okay, last game here. Cowboys 49ers, Cowboys 12, 49ers 19, not your typical football score, but I just want to laugh at Brent Maher, funny guy. It's good. Uh, <laughs> Dak Prescott is not him. Uh, the, 49ers, the 49ers run game will carry them, and the defense wins championships. Boom. Time with a second to spare, Ben. That is impressive. So at the time of the Cowboys game and the Bills game, no. The Bills game, I was at Disney Springs Walk with like the shops and restaurants. Uh huh. And I there think were there was like one restaurant. Did you get me anything from the shops? No. Uh. There was one restaurant that had a lot of TVs, and there was like a huge like a crowd of like 150 people around it. Nice. That is awesome. It. That's awesome. It was so cool. That's awesome. Man. And which left a lot of room on the path for me to actually walk without getting bumped into every five seconds. That's awesome. Yeah, that just shows how how much people were ready for that game and how upset people were after the loss because I saw a lot of Bill shirts walking around there. Yeah, it was that that game. Like I said, it shocked me. I I had the bowl the Bills um, making winning the Super Bowl all the way from the beginning of the season, and I think that my pick was sticking strong up now until like the Eagles up until like halftime of. This past week. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think now it's going to be the Eagles. But it'll be fun to see. I think the games this weekend are a lot of fun. And Super Bowl is, you know, always destined to be a great, great day. And yeah. we'll have some great content leading up to it. For sure. All right. Soren, you want to get into the quick question of the week? This is a surprise to you. So an impromptu quick question of the week. Yeah, I've never heard it. Let's get into it. All right, Soren, because you traveled this week, where is one place that you want to travel that you've never been to? Hmm. I really want to go to London. All right. Because they speak the same language as us, which is pretty cool, but they sound funny. Yeah, I agree. Or Canada. What part of Canada? Any any probably, part specifically? Probably um, uh, maybe Quebec because they do still speak some French there, and I did take French 3. Oh. Big flex. I do know how to say hello. You know, I'll be I'll be in Quebec this summer. I think we'll have to do a Quebec recap episode. Yeah. Yep. I don't know if I'm <laughs> I don't know if I'm going out of town this summer. I hope not. All right. I like staying in town, but we'll see. I guess I'll, I'll probably go to Outer Banks. Okay. We can have a summer recap where I just say I went to work, and then you go. I went to seven different cities all over the U.S. Kind of kind of like how it was last year. Yep. Yep. But. Um, let's hear what our listeners and peers have to. What about me? No, Ben. 
You could you could go later. No, I want to say my answer. Okay, go. Uh, I have two ambitious answers. I want to go to Antarctica or the moon. Those are two places I want to go. See, my only issue with that is that it would be a miserable experience. I, okay, and I don't like. I hate the cold, but I still want to go to Antarctica because I think it would be cool. Did you see the Mr. Beast video when he went to Antarctica? Did you see that I read this morning that a large chunk of Antarctica, about the size of England, broke off and is now floating in the ocean? I don't doubt it. Yeah, I saw that this morning. Would you want to land on that? Maybe. But I do want to go to edge. I do want to go to the moon. I think that would be cool. Maybe for like 5 minutes, but I still think it would be cool. I would like to go to the International Space Station. No, I don't just Chill want I just don't and I then don't take a pod to the moon. I don't just want to go to the International Space Station. I want to go all the way to the moon. Maybe one day to Mars, who knows. Maybe when Mars is habitable. Do you think that's ever going to happen? Mars not, is going to be not, habitable. Not in our lifetime. <clears throat> and then, like, it's just going to be a huge shift of when we destroy the Earth, everyone goes to Mars. Not in our lifetime. And it's going to be, like, all those shows where all the, only the rich people get to go. And then there's going to be, like, the poor, like, middle class on the bottom of the ship. And they're all going to Mars and have to fight their way. Yeah, I don't think so. I think that would be really cool, actually. It would be really cool. I, I want to visit for, like, maybe a day, maybe a couple hours. But I don't want to, like, live there. No way. No yeah. way. All right. I like being able to breathe. Soren, now we can hear what kids in the hall have to say. All right, PTT listeners, who are we here with today? Benjamin Sherman. All right, Benny, if you could travel one place in the world that you've never been, maybe not in this world even, where would you go? Uh, if not, I would, object. I, okay. I would travel to... The center of the black hole Reddit has about to die, just so I can see what it's like right before I die. That's scary. Black hole. Uh, Aiden, you have an answer for this? Um, yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. I feel like I would go to like Naboo from Star Wars. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Or, oh, yo, yeah, I got. I don't know. New Zealand would be pretty chill too. Yeah. Okay, wait. I'm gonna change my answer. I'm gonna go to Termina from the Joe's Mask. Ooh, tight, tight. That'd be right. dope. I got some people I want to chill with. Thanks, guys. Okay, who are we here today? Rachel and Mario. Alright, Rachel, if you could travel to one place in the world that you've never been and money weren't an object, where would you go? Um, Molly, when salt was really important. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, thanks, Rachel. Yeah, of course. This has been the Paper Thin Thoughts Podcast. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to us on your preferred podcast platform leave a rating, and a question that we could potentially answer on a following episode. Keep up the thin thoughts. Stay tuned for next week's episode. Paper Thin Thoughts is produced by the Charlottesville High School Podcasting Network. Executive producers are Jen Horn and Dave Stipe. Senior producers are Ben Rikosh and Storm Povisips. This episode was edited and mixed by Ben Rikosh. Music is produced and created thanks to Jacob Lightborn, Miss Waters, and the CHS Music Production Team. Thank you to Mr. Rashad Pitt and the rest of the CHS faculty and staff for the support. PTT out. PTT out. <laughs>